Welcome, everybody, to Ultimate Fantasy Football right here on UFS Sports Twitch TV. I'm Andy McNamara, head of football operations for UFS Sports. Let's go, baby. An hour of fantasy football season is creeping up so quick. It's coming up real fast, of course. So this week, we're going to be talking about division by division, team by team, player by player, position by position, fantasy football, start, sits, etc. for the AFC East. And the NFC East will also explore some MVP candidates for the ultimate fantasy American football league, the UFAFL. And you can get that too, ufsports.com slash UFAFL. Give me a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81. Make sure right here on Twitch, click that follow button, that little heart sign there, that like sign. Get notified whenever we have a show up. Poll question up for you two people is, who will be the fantasy football MVP this season? Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, fitting enough with the AFC East. Justin Herbert of the Chargers, Patrick Mahomes, or someone else. Throw your answer in the you know, vote there and then pop it in the comment section. I have some great questions in already from M. Pagano. We got Beavis in the house too. We got King Willie Gaming. Some questions coming in on, tw on Twitter as well using hashtag AskAndy. We'll get to those also in about a couple minutes. We'll have my guy Luke Sawhook who does the social media managing and editing and uh, is an analyst for Dynasty Nerds and a whole bunch of other platforms. Got to meet him in person at the Fantasy Football Expo. Look, look at the great shirt they give you in the swag bag, folks. Look at that. Phenomenal. Well-fitting. It, it was the one we used for the flag football tournament that got no sweat on it because we were eliminated so quick. But we'll get Luke on in a few minutes. We'll start with the NFC East with him, another fascinating one, and go uh, back and forth that way. Hey, Thunderwolf, there's my guy, T-Wolf19. Now, folks, you talk about a handle on Twitter, okay? You talk about a handle. Find me a better name than Thunderwolf. That's phenomenal. I think we should name one of our football teams Thunderwolf in some league. That's spectacular. T-Wolf19 in the house. There you go. We'll, uh, we'll get to your question in a minute, Thunderwolf. There, wait till Luke comes on. I want to get to uh, Michael's first, to Pagano. Um, says, Michael Gallup or Gabriel Davis? And I love this question because I've been a Michael Gallup believer for quite a while in PPR for that number two role. You know, he fit in so perfectly, really number three once C.D. Lamb came into the picture. You had Cooper, you had Lamb, you had Gallup, then Schultz kind of emerged. Well, now Michael Gallup is out. So and he's going to be back. But if we're looking at it right now, I got to go with Gabe Davis. And the, the, the problem is I hate when you have to go with popular pixels. Gabe Davis, he's not a sleeper. He's not catching anybody off guard. We saw how he flashed, and he did a phenomenal job last year. Well, now you don't have little no vaccine Cole Beasley. He's not in the picture anymore. So now you have Stephon Diggs. You got Gabe Davis. I love Dawson Knox. And really, then you have that slew of running backs, and Josh Allen himself is an ultimate weapon. So I do think that Gabe Davis is going to be a great pickup this year. Now, where do you fit him in? I'd probably be in the to be conservative, probably WR3 mark, potential jump up to WR2, certainly highest event flex, but I would take him right now over Gallup simply because of, uh, of health right now and that opportunity. Yeah, Tebow saying, yeah, hi, uh, Gabe Davis, high-powered Bills offense, absolutely. And we have to think of it this way, too. It's not like you have a plethora of weapons that Josh Allen is going to go to. It's pretty evenly stacked out. And that's what I really like about it, as well with the Dallas Cowboys, to get back to them. Without Amari Cooper, it's CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, Zeke Elliott. And you have Tony Pollard, I know. We'll get to that more later. Bills, 
Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox. And I think you consider Dawson Knox still as I do like that they work in the tight end more into that offense. Uh, we'll also see how he does without Brian Dable. That's another situation, right? We'll see how Brian Dable's lack of being in Buffalo affects Josh Allen. I think it's going to be just fine. There he is on the screen, my guy, Luke Sawhook from Dynasty Nerds. He's for, uh, Luke's from so many different places. It's tough to, to keep track of, but he does phenomenal work there. Luke, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for uh, bringing me on. It's great to be awesome. here. Uh, we've talked a lot in the DMs and talked to the Expo, and it's great to finally uh, come on the show. Absolutely. I was just showing off my Expo shirt. You got your gear? You got your I have it. I don't know if it's here with me, but I'm not. Yeah, it's not <laughs> currently on my person, but I do have it. Yes. Right. Lots of good gear. That was that was such a fun time and great meeting you there. And absolutely. Um, you know, that, that was a heck of a time. Okay. I encourage everybody watching and listening to really consider um, going down next year because it was just absolutely spectacular. It's a ton, it's a great it's a great experience. A ton of fun. There's a lot of events. Uh, I honestly thought the events the, during the weekend leading up to the actual expo were more fun than the expo itself. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Cornhole tournament. We played football, pro football hall thing, getting to hang out and all that. So that my was, football that was tournament was my favorite part, actually. I didn't, my team literally only got to play for two snaps, but playing after was really fun. I played for like an hour and like a scrimmage after that, and I yeah. did really well. I actually had to play a little bit of quarterback, and it was a lot oh, of fun. There, well, you know what? It, it, similar boat with, with us. We played four snaps, and okay. that was it. <laughs> yeah but, yeah, but we time. did the practice before you know i was able to I, I had like my first throw and i was like all right feeling good third throw shoulders done it's nice, nice. Like, oh that was fine yeah it's all good uh we're getting some questions here brother and we're going to talk a little bit about the nfc east here a team by team and all that but i want to get to some of the questions and news and notes from around the nfl as well so actually have from our guy thunderwolf on twitter at t wolf 1979 and right in here t wolf 19 in the uh, Twitch chat. Um, he's asking, I'm just going to pull up the question here. Sure. Uh, who would you rather have in the late rounds, 10th and up? Jalen Tolbert of Dallas okay. or Romeo Dubes of Green Bay? I know, I know Romeo's been getting some love. He's been kind of in camp, a bit of a camp darling. He has been. Uh, I like both of those guys a lot, actually. I've been drafting a lot of both of those players in my redraft drafts. Um, I actually have drafted Romeo. Also, I believe his last name is pronounced Dobbs. Just so you Dobbs. know. Okay, Dobbs. Okay, Dobbs. I used to say Dubs too, but I, I saw some a video. I think it was a Packers guy saying Dobbs. I think, so I think it's Dobbs. Um, Dobbs, okay. But yeah, it's weird because it looks like it'd be Dubs. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, who cares? It's the guy. Um, but yeah, I actually, I, I think I prefer Dobbs just because I feel like the ceiling there is higher for him. Uh, because at his best, he could be the wide receiver one in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, which is certainly more valuable than I think what Jalen Tolbert's ceiling could be, which is the wide receiver two in Dallas with Dak Prescott. Um, both are great. I think both these rookies could come in and have a pretty instant impact for these offenses and for fantasy football production. I think they're both very talented individuals who have had good training camps and preseason performances so, uh, thus far. Um, but I'm hoping it all comes together and keeps the momentum building through training camp. Because, you know, the hit rate on these guys are usually pretty low, right? Especially the yeah. Romeo Dobbs of the world, who really didn't even get that good of draft capital or didn't really expect to be much of anything. But then when training camp rolls around, they become a training camp darling. Usually consistent performance in training camp is a good indication that they're a good player. I will say that. But the hit rate on the guys are usually not the best. Uh, like, I think last year, the Carolina Panthers, uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. was a hot commodity right. during nice. training camp last season. Yeah. And I liked his tape a lot. I thought he was a great prospect coming out of LSU. You know, decent draft capital invested in by the Carolina Panthers. He did absolutely nothing last season. So you got to remember, you know, the, the hit rate on these guys are low. 
so kick that with a grain of salt, obviously, all the training camp buzz. But that being said, I think I prefer Dobbs over Tolbert, even though I like both, uh, just because I think that you could argue that Dobbs' ceiling is higher in Green Bay. Yeah, and you need a lot to go right. That's why they're 10th or later round picks. Right. For a sure thing, you know, draft him in the first round, right? Sure. Got some, got some comments in the in the chat here from, uh, yeah, for in our UFAFL League, Ultimate Fantasy American Football League, Josh Allen, who's in our poll, uh, belongs to the Gridiron Seals as far as the MVP question. King Willie Gaiman pointed that out, of course. And then saying, actually, that Romeo is going to be up for auction soon. Rumor has it, he says. Get your wallets ready. So that could be interesting as well. That could be a hot one for sure. The thing that's actually really surprising me, Andy, is his ADP right now is crept over his teammate and fellow rookie Christian Watson, who was given better draft capital by a sizable margin. Wow. And I love Watson. I know he's been banged up, but I I love the upside of Watson. Just a physical specimen, right? But you have to stay on the field. We see how often do we see... Rookies miss a little bit of time, and it hurts them immediately in that first year. For sure. He's also a little bit more raw coming out of college, right? You yes. know, he didn't even play in yeah. D1 football, technically. You know, he played over in uh, – what is it? Well, it's not NC State. That's what I'm thinking of. It's um, North Dakota. And, North, uh, Dakota. North Dakota. Yeah, yeah, it was North Dakota. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's North Dakota. Yeah, it was. The same school that Trey Lance came out of, same school Carson Wentz came out yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of NFL players that come from there these days, which is weird. It's a whole thing. It's, I don't know. It's kind of strange. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. yeah, he's coming out of there. He's a physical freak, you know, like you mentioned. Great speed, great downfield catching ability. He's a deep threat, you know. Um, but there is a little bit of rawness there in terms of route running. So I think it could be interesting to see if Dobbs comes in early, gets an adv- advantage in case he's more a little pro-ready. Um, and, you know, it seems like Rodgers has been speaking his praises, too, in camp. Uh, Dobbs, that is. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how those two shake out. But I think it's just crazy to me that the training camp has been – the training camp hype has been so strong for Dobbs that he's been overtaken uh, – sorry, Watson has been overtaken in ADP by Dobbs, which is a very impressive feat by Dobbs. But I think it's a hefty discount for Watson. No, I'm, I'm with you. And thanks to King Willie Gaming popping 200 uh, points in there voting on the, the- – our uh, twitch poll here for who's going to be and let me ask you this luke straight away yeah. um, who's going to be the fantasy football mvp this year overall who's going to be the mvp is it going to be josh allen justin herbert patrick mahomes or someone else your choice who do you like are we are you saying by mvp the number one overall scorer in fantasy yeah. football yeah i mean the safe bet the chalky pick is josh allen you know i mean josh allen tough to repeat longer. though tough to repeat absolutely but he has his qb1 two years in a row yeah. Uh, not saying number one overall finish. I believe that was Cooper Cup last year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Top, I Q, think so. top QB, but Cooper Cup, yeah, was out of his mind. Yeah. yeah. So I think overall MVP, I'm actually going to take the field. I'm going to lean uh, – I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey because at his ceiling, I think that he Ooh, he okay. definitely could be the best. I mean, if you look in 2019, he averaged 29 points per game in fantasy football. Just to put in perspective how good Christian McCaffrey can be at his ceiling when he is healthy and active, if you took away – Every single touchdown from Christian McCaffrey's 2019 season where he averaged 29 points per game, he still averaged more fantasy points per game than Jonathan Taylor did last year with no touchdowns. That's wild. That's wild. He's wow. so good. If he stays healthy, he's going to crush. I mean, literally the only question there is health for McCaffrey. He's going to be hugely involved in this offense. I think Baker Mayfield increases his ceiling in general, likely giving him more rushing opportunities around the goal line by increasing the overall touchdown production from this offense. I think he's in for a big year. Well, and you mentioned Baker Mayfield, my my former guy. I have so much Baker Mayfield stuff, Luke. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's embarrassing. I don't know what to do with it now. But uh, <laughs> he was officially named, to surprise of no one, the starter of the Carolina Panthers, of course. I've been talking about that all the time. Like how it's, I think I was actually talking about it on my fantasy radio hour show last night, 
how it's a huge joke that's even a competition come on yeah it, they have to put it in so he earned it right i think they could have called yes. it more of a competition when matt corral was still healthy but after matt corral being out for the season with the liz frank you know it's sam darnold who they already saw a lot of last year and then baker mayfield who you go out and trade for who's clearly the better quarterback like it's not even close no and a healthy baker in that style of offense, and you mentioned with Christian McCaffrey, you have an elite level back, and he had a couple of those in Cleveland with Chubb and when Hunt was healthy as well. Right. Perfect scenario if Baker can corral that emotion and mature a little bit and not be afraid to check it down to the weapon that is Christian McCaffrey. You have him with DJ Moore. Um, just overall with Baker there, where are you putting um, – not Baker, I don't think anyone's going to have him in a top, uh, top 12 – but the weapons around him, because we see guys like Derek Carr in the past, you can at times elevate the pieces around them to be fantasy relevant, not necessarily themselves. You have a DJ Moore, McCaffrey, and all that. Where do I, sorry, so what's the question? Do I, where do I have DJ Moore? Yeah, like, like, you know what, like McCaffrey's going to be, if he's healthy, we know he's going to be a stud. But right. DJ Moore is the real kind of question sure. mark to me. Yeah, for me, DJ Moore's from wide receiver 15 this season. Um, simply because I don't view the ceiling to be there. I love DJ Moore as a player. He's an excellent NFL wide receiver one. Uh, he's a great fantasy wide receiver as well. You know, he's very consistent. You know what you're going to get year to year with DJ Moore? You're going to get a guy who like, at worst Wicks. finishes like wide receiver 22. And like at best, he'll probably finish at like wide receiver 10 to 8. That's just the range that DJ Moore lives in. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's just simply put, I prefer other options at ADP that I think that have a higher ceiling in their range of outcomes. I do think that Baker Mayfield is absolutely an upgrade over the situation he's had in the past with Sam Dartle and company. But we haven't really seen Baker Mayfield support a top-tier fantasy wide receiver yet. That's you know, We right. all know how the OBJ, Baker Mayfield scenario went down in Cleveland. Uh, definitely drove a wedge between him and the organization in my eyes. Um, and I don't really understand how this is going to impact DJ Moore for fantasy yet. But that being said, I still view him as a really safe option. I love getting as my wide receiver two in fantasy drafts this season, just because I don't really think he has the ceiling I'm looking for out of wide receiver one. Like simply put, right one wide receiver above him. I have Cortland Sutton at 14. Um, I, I know that's a little above consensus, but not too crazy. I think a lot of people have him around that range as well with me. But I view him as a higher ceiling guy with Russell Wilson there. I think he's going to be the favorite target there in Denver and what I expect to be a high-powered offense in a division in the AFC West that I expect to have four teams and put up 20-plus points per game every single game easily. So, I mean, I think if with the wide receiver one on the Broncos offense, his ceiling is top five. I don't think D.J. Moore has that, and I feel like his floor could be a little lower than D.J. Moore's, but I'm, I'm comfortable to take that risk at the draft price over a guy who I know what to expect from. Yeah, and especially with Sutton building that chemistry out of camp with uh, Russell Wilson, because that was the big question going in. Who's going to be Russ's guy? We didn't know. Right. Jerry Judy, Sutton, Tim Patrick. We was still don't He's really gone. know. We still yeah. don't really know. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Corlin Sutton guy, but there are Jerry Judy's believer out, believers out there. Uh, I mean, do you prefer Sutton over uh, Judy? I, I certainly do. And the reason is mainly because, and this is why, folks, when you're doing your fantasy football research, you got to be following not just the natural guys, but the beat guys, because they'll tell you who's getting chemistry in camp, who's getting, and it looks like Sutton hat is developing that chemistry a bit more that does not mean jerry judy cannot have a very good fantasy absolutely and i just want to say too, with sutton. I, I just want to say too another thing for judy is that tim patrick being injured is actually i mean while it's unfortunate very good news for his fantasy football outlook in my opinion because tim patrick while he's not a huge yardage guy he's a big touchdowns guy and giving some of those extra touchdowns to Jerry Judy, like let's say Tim Patrick scored eight touchdowns next season, you give three of those to Jerry Judy, that's a sizable boost for his fantasy oh. outlook. Yeah, you're, you're right there. Absolutely. And so you know what? There is, is certainly a case, and we looked at the example in Seattle, where both can be fantasy relevant. We saw Ty Lockett and DK Metcalf do that. 
and you might be able to recreate that type of scenario there. So Absolutely. I've actually given the comp a few times. I view Cortland Sutton as the DK Metcalf, the Jerry Judy's Tyler Lockett. I think they're both going to be solid. I really do, but I feel like DK Metcalf's the higher ceiling guy that you've always wanted in Seattle with Russ, and I view it in a similar light with Cortland Sutton personally. I love DK Metcalf so much. I feel so bad. That, come on, man. What are they doing? And people say, oh, they're going to trade for Jimmy. G. They're not trained for anybody. If you no. go in with Geno Smith and Drew Locke as your quarterbacks, you are trying to do a half tank job in Seattle to be bad it's enough to play something. Job. If Jimmy G is available and you roll out Drew Locke and yes, Smith, it exactly. is not No, you're going for a quarterback. It's a deep quarterback class. You're going for a QB. We all know it. I just feel that you're wasting your DK Metcalf, who I absolutely adore. Yeah. And I do like him in Costas here a lot in fantasy, actually. I really do. You can get him super late. And, and you know what? Hey, sometimes touchdowns have to get garbage time points. We know something can. Oh, look, we got some highlights here. Hey, hey now, there's, there's DK. There's my guy. What a freak. He's phenomenal. Uh, let's get let's get to Luke, the NFC East here. And before we do, tell people, give them your social media handles where people can find you because you do some awesome work and have some great uh, Twitter spaces, shows, and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So on Twitter, it's just at Luke Sawhook, my first and last name, all lowercase. You'll see me. Uh, I do have um, a show tonight at 7. So if you're liking what I have to say, I don't know when this show ends. I don't want to steal you from this show. No, we uh, end at 7. Perfect. Well, there perfect. you go. Transition yeah. right from this show over to mine on Twitter. Just go over to my Twitter profile. You'll see a little purple ring around my profile picture. Click on that. Yeah. It's an audio-only show. You can come up and ask questions live. Just hit the request to speak button on the screen. You come up. We can talk about fantasy football. It's a great time. Uh, that's every day I'm trying to do uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Eastern. Sometimes things change with my schedule, push it a little later, a little earlier, maybe no show that day. But most of the time, it's 7 p.m. Eastern every day, all live on my Twitter feed. Uh, come out. It's a great time. We had 50 people in the stream last night. It was awesome. So Love hope it. to see you guys there. Love it. T-Wolf19 say McCaffrey in the slot will open more downfield. Absolutely. You got to respect that, right? So right. Um, interesting to see what a healthy and motivated Baker Mayfield does. But let's get to the Dallas Cowboys here. We'll go NFC East first. Um, last year, Luke, my strategy, I loved the NFC East and was taking uh, a special note of it because I took the strategy of I wanted Jalen Hurts and I wanted Dak Prescott. Prescott, I kind of, you know, coming up, coming back, um, I, I wanted him as a bit of a safer standpoint, but I really was bullish on Jalen Hurts. He popped big time. It was a good play. And now in most uh, ADP, they're going one after another, kind of six, seven, QB six and seven right after another. When we look at the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott, who's rushing, um, coming off the injury, is, is rushing decrease. Usually earlier in his career, good for about, what, four rushing touchdowns a year. That dipped a little bit. Where are you at with Dak Prescott? I like Dak by all means. I'm not too bullish on him this year. I, I think I might be a little under ADP on Dak. I have drafted a couple shares of Dak. I have him right at my QB 11 right now. I think oh. he's going to be great. I think he's going to be a very solid fantasy option. Uh, but I think you can't really understate the removal of Amari Cooper from this team. Uh, you know, it's a lot of yardage being taken away from Dak Prescott. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to step into the role nicely. Uh, but, you know, if you just look at the weapons as a whole, and I'm a big believer in weapons for quarterbacks and how the correlation is there with fantasy production, you know, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Tolbert, Michael Gallup coming off an ACL, mm -hmm. and James Washington with a broken foot is certainly a downgrade from CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and a healthy Michael Gallup. Dalton Schultz is still Dalton Schultz, don't get me wrong, but that's a huge downgrade in weapons. Um, so I, I do have Dak a little lower in my rankings. And there's also just some guys I prefer ADP over him. I love a lot of the quarterbacks this season. One guy that I just want to pop in real quick and say that I'm very bullish on compared to last season with Jalen Hurts. I was a huge Hurts guy last year, and I'm huge on this guy again for the same reasons. Very similar scenario 
scenarios, in my opinion, it's going to be Trey Lance for me. He's my my guy quarterback this year. Absolutely adore him. He's literally Jalen Hurts 2.0, in my opinion, with better physical tools, better weapons, and better coaching in year two. Last season in year two for Philly, Jalen Hurts had Devonta Smith as a wide receiver one and Dallas Goddard. You know, this season, Trey Lance out in San Francisco has George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk, which are three excellent weapons. And you have Kyle Shanahan, who's one of the best offensive-minded head coaches in the NFL. Not only can he run the football, I'd say in a similar tier of skill with Jalen Hurts, I feel like he has a much better arm in terms of arm strength, which is the one of the major knocks on Jalen Hurts in terms of a passer. The accuracy is not going to be there just like Hurts last season, but it doesn't matter. He's going to run the ball a ton. He's going to be utilized heavily on the ground, which is going to be very important for fantasy production. He's my QB seven this year, one spot below Hurts at six. And look at Jamie Thomas at, at uh, producer here, just dominating, putting up the Trey Lance topical. Good job, buddy. Good job. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, you know what? It's a big question mark in San Francisco. You got the tools. Is it going to be able? He's not played a lot of football. That's the other thing. He's not played physically college right. or pro a lot of football. Well, but just real quick, in the games that he played last year, it was very similar to Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. Hurts played four games in his rookie season, started four. Lance started two and a half. If you extrapolate some of those games, uh, off the top of my head, I believe in the three, the two and a half games he started, in the half game, he put up 20 fantasy points in half a game. He put up 20 fantasy points in a full game, and I think it was like 17 or 13. I forget the number off the top of my head. Apologies. In the other start, and if you kind of average those together and pull that half game and kind of extrapolate it to like 30 points, he comes in at a, a top 12 quarterback in points per game already. So, and that's as a rookie. So, give him an offseason to like you know marinate a little bit more in the offense. I feel like he easily cracks top 10 this season. Make sure folks click follow on the channel, share the link. You got fantasy football questions, pop it in, grab some bits, throw them in. We'll give you a shout out as well. I have a question in the chat from Drips. It says, what do you think of Jake Ferguson? And that's the fourth round rookie for the Dallas Cowboys, tight end out of Wisconsin, 6'5", 244. Um, I don't know about you, Luke. Like, I like the size and everything, but this is Dalton Schultz. I don't think Jake Ferguson's yeah. cutting into Dalton Schultz's uh, workload this year. I totally maybe, agree with maybe you hold on to him for a while, but I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I feel like this is the Dalton Schultz show. Yeah, I think so. And you know what I like about the Cowboys as well, before we move on to the Eagles, is in fantasy, what's the one thing we want? We want as much certainty as possible, Luke, right? You want definition. You want those clear tiers, not muddied up who's going to touch what, like right. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Well, with Dallas, we have that. We know it's going to be C.D. Lamb as the number one. We know it's going to be Dalton Schultz as the top tight end. Now, the question becomes, and I am – very bullish on a bounce back season for Zeke Elliott last year of guaranteed money coming in. I know Tony Pollard's there. I know he's going to be a part of it, but uncle Jerry spoke up and gave, he's paying the man. I think Zeke gets the old soup spoon out and starts feeding again this year. I'm super bullish on a top 12 finish for Zeke Elliott this year. What about you? That's interesting. I, I, I don't know. He's not top 12 of my rankings. Uh, absolutely not at this certain point in time. Uh, but do I think he's a value at his ADP? Absolutely. I think that he is a great target if you start off with more of a robust wide receiver approach to your draft. If you want to start off with like the Justin Jefferson and that Tyreek Hill in his first and second rounds uh, and then come back in the third and get a Zeke Elliott. I think that's a really nice way to start your drafts. Uh, I actually had my one of my better friends do that strategy in a redraft league last night. And his team ended up looking great at the end. Um, so, I, yeah, I really enjoy Zeke Elliott in the third round. I think that he's been a consistent producer for fantasy football for pretty much his entire career, right? Uh, and, you know, you're getting him at an amazing discount because you know, you're getting him at a price now where he's not going to burn you. And that's the most important right. thing. Right? Yeah. I understand the concerns of Zeke Elliott, you know, the age, the regression, Tony Pollard, right? But he's not in the first round anymore. You know, we can relax with that. He's going in like the third round. You can sit back and enjoy the value 
and take a running back who could be a top 10 guy. Right. Sicoli snuck into the chat here, Luke. Michael Sicoli, our guy, he said, Andy and I got a little wager on Zeke. That's right. We put a uh, we put a bourbon at the I don't oh uh, next year Luke we'll take you to it. There was a speakeasy uh, in Canton. The bourbon bar is phenomenal. The guy uh, Jamal made a tremendous smoky old fashioned. It was awesome. Nice. Uh, but me and Michael, I, I I said now Michael, what did we say? Did I say top five? I forget the own my own bet. No, no, top ten. I think I think it was maybe top ten. Top ten points per game is pretty risky. I don't know. I feel like I side with Michael on that one. But I oh Ray yeah yeah Ray's and Jamal was the bartender. Yeah, I think I I think I said. 10 and Michael said below below that so is this I don't know let me ask let me ask is this bet in points per game or an end of season finish oh, it was top 10 Michael yeah uh it was I had it as people I understood it as PPR no top, points like, per game or end top, of season finish yeah uh, and it, like uh end of season end of season it should be it should be in points per game it should be in points per game points per game matters more than end of season finish okay wait I'll do what Luke said then Michael points per game there you go attaboy <laughs> Yeah, there Attaboy. we go. There we go. Let's move on to the uh, to the Eagles here. We talked about Jalen Hurts. We know the legs. Important year for Hurts because they need to know if he's the quarterback of the future, and that is going to come from arm talent development. We know he can move. He's flashed a little bit. You have A.J. Brown now. You have Devonta Smith. You have Dallas Goddard. You got a nice complement of uh, a committee backfield to help you out. Um, and we know by the goal line, he can call his own number and go. So Jalen Hurts... Uh, I like him kind of in that in that sixth spot as far as like quarterback. Of, okay, he's in my sixth spot as well. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and see what, what happens, right? So. Absolutely. Uh, so we got Hurts. We're in agreement there. Now, okay. We have A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. I'm looking at the uh, depth chart here. And Quez Watkins and then Dallas Goddard. Jalen Rieger, I'm done with Jalen. Yeah, who cares about Jalen Rieger? It's the A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith show there. I'm yeah, not that's a it. huge fan of Dallas Goddard either. Just real quick. I'll, I'll oh. Play. Not okay. a big Dallas Goddard guy this year just because of uncertainty. I don't understand how A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard's going to work. I think Goddard's going to be the third fiddle, and I'm not yeah. too kind of the third option in an offense, the quarterback who doesn't put up that much passing yardage. I think A.J. Brown's a great addition for Jalen Hurts, and he's going to do great things this year. I have him as a top-10 wide receiver in my rankings. Um, that being said, I don't think that Dallas Goddard is as safe as some people might expect in terms of – I feel like his week-to-week production might be a little shaky as the third option there in Philly instead of the second from last season. In with a quarterback, Luke, that is not necessarily looking to throw first. He might try to throw for, you know, he might try to do that more, but that's, you're not looking at a, a, a throw first type of quarterback. So that's, I think, a very interesting point. Hi to Boost Fantasy Sports in the chat. Hello, Andrea. Boost? With the boot, with the uh, the bits thrown there. Hello, hello. There we go, Boost. I, 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 welcome to the show. Absolutely. Um, now, what about the running back? We have Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, and then Jason Huntley. That says a whole lot of, I don't want to rely on any of these guys here, Luke. This just seems like a schmage of just, you know, a, a, a committee, which in fantasy can be dead. Yeah, I'm hands off completely here in this backfield. Not a fan. Yeah, yeah I don't want any of them. Uh, let's go through. Let's go to the next team here. So, you know what? Let's do the New York Giants. Let's begin. Saquon Barkley. Okay. Luke, I will err on the side of Saquon Barkley proving to me he can stay healthy. I will stay off, and if he balls out and the league is more fun with those giant legs rumbling of Saquon Barkley, so I hope he does well. But personally, I will err on the side of not reaching and not wanting Saquon Barkley on my team until he can prove he can stay on the field. What about you? Um, I side more on the Saquon Barkley's going to bounce back this season side of things. I think that last season he was not fully recovered from his injuries in the prior year, and he right. came out 
they're not 100%, which is a big factor for me in my analysis. Um, I'm not as as bullish on uh, I'm not as bullish on Saquon as some in the industry. I know a lot of people have him like top five this year, which I totally understand. You know what? That's okay. I get it. His ceiling is really high. But that being said, I do think he still carries risk, just with more of the giant situation there, just because their offensive line is really poor. Uh, we don't really know exactly what how the usage rate is going to be for Saquon. But if he gets Saquon Barkley work, and he is Saquon Barkley, I think he's in for a big year. I think we all can agree that Saquon Barkley, when healthy, is a very elite running back in terms of real life talent. Uh, stud. He's my running back 12 this year. I think he's a great option. I am about consensus on him. Uh, but that being said, I'm not the biggest Saquon guy. But I do believe in a Saquon bounce back based majority on his health returning. Yeah. And when we look at the rest of the Giants, um, when you go to Daniel Jones, I think it's going to be interesting to see the Brian Dable factor in New York. Uh, do, I, do I want Jones as a QB 12? I, I, no, I, of course. Uh, awful. No, no, I don't want that. However, I wonder what we're going to see as far as uh, any sort of development. Remember, Josh oh. Allen was super raw, but Dable got him when he was raw and impressionable and hadn't picked up bad NFL habits, which Daniel Jones obviously has in his career. I'm going to be honest. I don't have any faith in Daniel Jones turning it around for a career. But that being said, he is a sneaky good fantasy football quarterback because he runs the football. Yeah. Last season in points per game, he was the QB 18, which does not mean you should be drafting him in your fantasy drafts this season. Please leave him on the waiver wire. But if yeah. you're looking for a guy you can plug and play, Daniel Jones should be at the top of the list with the right matchup. His legs carry his fantasy production. And he's very, very good. He's a sneaky, fast white boy. Yeah, T. T. Wolf nineteen says Saquon would be better if Jones was a better QB. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, he would be well, 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 everybody. <laughs> yeah, he'd be a lighter box. He'd see some lighter boxes for sure. Well, okay, Kenny Galladay, who got injured and was just a free agent catastrophe with that money he's getting. Kadarius Tony, lots of talent, but he's a head case. You can't count on him. Um, do you want any shares of these guys? Like Tony's a little tantalizing, but Kenny Galladay, I don't know. Yeah, I'm off on Galladay. He's looked horrible in preseason. There's actually a really yeah. funny video of Kenny Galladay um, just, like, running straight off the line of scrimmage with, like, no release package. And it's a really funny video of him. And the caption's, like, no release package, just vibes. And it's just him just, like, running. He looks <laughs> He's bad. Um, but I actually do have some interest in Kadarius Tony. I think that Tony flashed a lot of good potential last season. Uh, I think that he's the pound-for-pound pound most talented receiving option in New York. So I just trust that talent to, you know – flash above the rest in New York this season. I still believe it's going to be murky all around there, but I think Tony's a great flyer to keep on your bench. Yeah, he, he can be he can be a gadget guy. You know, you can zip him all around. Zero Giants is T-Wolf 19. I'm not going to argue too hard with you on that one. Uh, let's go to the Washington Commanders. Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke is who we have at quarterback here. Carson Wentz, boy, it's somebody you obviously don't want starting on your fantasy team. But my question, Luke, is he... Fall into that category where he's good enough if he doesn't somehow roll both of his ankles, which I'm still perplexed by. How do you hurt both your ankles at the same time? I don't know. But is he good enough to make the pieces around him fantasy relevant? Because you do have some intriguing pieces in Washington. Yeah, I definitely think so. You know, I mean, he supported the Michael Pittman Jr. breakout last season in Indianapolis on pretty low yeah. pass attempts. I do think this is good news for Terry McLaurin. I think this is a clear upgrade at quarterback for the Washington Commanders. You know, Taylor Heineke, I love the guy. He has a, he has a certain fire on the field that I like, yeah. but he's not the guy. He's not good. I think Carson Wentz is honestly a little bit overhated. I do think he's a bad quarterback, but I think at worst, he's still a top 25, top 30 QB in the NFL. Yeah. A deserved starter by, by, any, by all means. 
Um, you know, he's been a bit of a head case. But that being said, I do think that he is capable of being a solid NFL starting quarterback who can be, you know, a guy who moves the ball down the field, protects the football, and can win you tight games. With the commander's defense that hopefully will progress positively this season, they were a hot mess last year. I remember last season they were coming into the year projected to be one of the top defensive units in the NFL, and they stunk. So this year, if they can get back on track with a healthy Chase Young and company, I expect this team to be pretty decent. I feel like they'll finish around 500 this year. I don't think they're. I don't think you should be touching Carson Wentz in fantasy. Uh, but that being said, I feel like this is good news overall for Terry McLaurin, for rookie Jahan Dotson, and others. Yeah, you know what? I, I picture Washington in a similar light where they're probably around 500. They're going to be a difficult out. They're not going to win every game, but they're going to be, they're not going to be a cakewalk. They're going to be a difficult out for teams because of those Absolutely. Pieces. I think one of the most fascinating stories out of this team and even the division is Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. How the mighty are fine. Gibson. I love Gibson last year. Dude's tough played with a, what was it? A, a hairline fracture shin. to shin. Shin injury. Oh, terrible. But the guy gutted it out. Now we're seeing fumbles. We're seeing Brian Robinson. You talk about big boys. Dude, 6'2 and change, you know. He's a unit. Absolutely. He's a rumbler, and he has been getting some starting reps in camp. Yes. Is this a split case? Are we out on Antonio Gibson? Are we loving Robinson? Or is this a case, Luke, where we're looking at it and, okay, you know what? You don't have one RB1 in fan, and, and maybe we have to settle in the RB2 or below category for them. You know what? Unfortunately, I'm, I'm hands off at Antonio Gibson at his current draft cost. Um, I do believe, though, that this whole Brian Robinson situation is a bit of an overreaction by the fantasy community we are absolutely we speaking as the community we are absolutely leaving him for dead right now i mean this guy has been a top 15 running back in points per game over the first two seasons of the nfl last year he played in a horrible situation with bad quarterback play played through a major shin injury for the majority of the season i will throw out the argument though that the brian robinson uh preseason usage i'll throw out two scenarios one brian robinson is legit he's been a stud Tony Gibson's has some fumbling problems. It's going to be a committee where Brian Robinson is the primary ball carrier. They use Antonio Gibson for more third down sets, and it's kind of an intermediate scat back. Um, that is a situation that you don't want, and you want Brian Robinson absolutely. I have been drafting Brian Robinson extremely late in my, my last couple of fantasy drafts, though, because he has potential to be a meaningful fantasy contributor this year. But I also will throw out the scenario that I think could be likely and that it's everyone's freaking out to Antonio Gibson, you know, taking kickoff returns in preseason and, and Brian Robinson getting carries. And it's actually going to be using logic that Mike Tomlin, coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, used last night and talking about Penny, Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. Uh, Kenny Pickett got this, the reps of the twos last night, even though he was number three on the depth chart, because Mike Tomlin wanted to see him in, quote, varsity action. I think right. we could be seeing a different thing in a similar scenario for brian robinson and antonio gibson it's the preseason guys it's practice games you have to remember that i feel like the coaching staff could just be using gibson who they know what they have in which is a good player and kick returns getting him out in space using different kinds of skill sets for him and then seeing what their third round draft pick brian robinson can do as the bell cow runner to try and get a you know better sense of their personnel but i think what the actual truth is is somewhere in the middle I think that this guy is going to get usage for this Washington offense. And I think that Gibson is also going to get usage in this offense. But that being said, I don't really see a world where together uh, both of them are top 30 running backs for fantasy. Somebody's going to cannibalize another. But I think there's a world where either guy can be great. But right now I'm erring on the side of caution with Gibson and taking the late value in, uh, in Brian Robinson personally. Right, right. And, and those fumble issues are a concern. And we have to remember, too, Ron Rivera loved Antonio Gibson. Remember when he was coming out, he made comparisons to Christian McCaffrey, which, right. you know, maybe outlandish, but that's where the coach's head is at. That's By the way. Too-
Yeah, just real quick though. I mean, it's the same coach from last year too who used him. You know, that's it. That's it, right? Thanks in the chat, Maria. Maria with the the bits, throwing some bits in there. Everybody, throw those in. Give them a follow. Share the link. Thank you very much. And T Wolf saying, don't forget about McKissick. And you know what? If it was Taylor Heineke in, or you know, one of the the true Dink and Dunkers, I would say yeah. Carson Wentz could use McKissick. Like I I, I don't mind him as somebody. His. Yes, I, exactly. I, it, PPR only. Maybe I want him on my bench just to sort of see how it plays out. But I think the addition of Robinson with Gibson might neuter him a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't really have any interest for McKissick and PPR formats anymore that I did before Brian Robinson entered the picture right. there in Washington. But now I, I, I think it's kind of too gross of a committee for me to chase upside that doesn't really exist with McKissick. I don't really think he has any upside anymore. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's get a couple more here, Luke, and we'll let you get going because I know you got your uh, Twitter spaces at 7 o'clock immediately following this show and folks by the way starting not this week but the following sunday every sunday 11 a.m easter i will be coming to you with ultimate fantasy football when the nfl season starts and we'll get your start sit your last minute injuries all that fun stuff right here on twitch tv so make sure you're following along for that um just a big picture look at the afc east and i'll sort of break that down and go over some ufafl mvp candidates when you're gone there luke but buffalo bills new york giants new england patriots miami dolphins big picture running backs in this division when you're looking at an rb1 not there to me at all this is just a as a total for that like early pick a guy you can rely on that whole division i think I there's don't want one any apart. i think there's one i think i think Brees hall is a guy for me that i like a lot. i feel i feel you might he's a top Brees 12 hall. guy for me i'm i'm very high on Brees hall Brees hall is one of my mind guys he i think is so low for a reason i don't really understand you know rookie running backs produced very well for fantasy football in nine of the last 10 seasons we've had a, a fantasy football running back finish in the top 10 be a rookie running back and out 10 of the last 10 seasons we've had a top 15 rookie running back rookie running backs flat out produce and Brees Hall is a very good prospect in terms of talent comparison I always throw out the talent comp Javante Williams running back from Denver I feel like they're a similar kind of player I really do he's a stud he's elusive he's powerful he can go out wide catch passes you can do a little bit of everything and while the New York Jets do have Michael Carter the Jets have already come out and said hey uh, this is direct uh, comparison from the Jets camp. Uh, Brees Hall is our Batman. Michael Carter is our Robin. He is yes. the 1A there. He is the yeah. starting running back, and that's what's important, right? The only downside there is that the Jets have a really tough schedule to open up the season. That being said, I believe in the talent of Brees Hall, and I think that his draft cost is an excellent value. He's currently going at around the RB19 in your drafts in the fourth round. That's an excellent value for a running back that I think has top 12 potential. I believe that he'll be consensus first round pick in fantasy last season. Think Najee Harris, but a little bit cheaper. Last season, Najee Harris was a consensus second, early second round pick. I was a guy who was really high on Najee last year compared to consensus. I had him as a top eight runner. Uh, now this, this season, consensus top eight runner shocker this year it's going to be Bruce Hall you know guys running at going at RB 19 this guy's going to produce well he might not start off the year red hot I think as the season goes on at a bare minimum he'll finish the season on a tear and he'll be a uh, he'll be a first round pick in fantasy next year if you want a young guy with upside for cheap I think Brees Hall is a guy to be there but besides that I totally agree with you the rest of the division is pretty disgusting it, it really is. And you know what? Brees Hall can catch too. And let's not discount that for the dink and dunkishness that might have to happen depending on how Zach Wilson's health is and all that surrounding. You might need sure. to be getting rid of the ball quick. And if you have a running back that can catch it quick, that's a quarterback's best friend if they're going to be. And remember, that O-line's been banged up too in New York, right? So maybe some extra PPR value there for Brees Hall also. So For sure. Could be interesting. 
Uh, all right, brother. You know what? I'll let you get out of here. You've been more than generous with your time. I appreciate it. Let's do this again throughout the season. Maybe Absolutely. get you on some watch alongs and have some fun. And tell people again at the top of the hour where they can come for more fantasy content and uh, pick your brain a little bit more too. Yeah, absolutely. If you guys want to come out to another show of mine tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern, so in 20 minutes, I'll be live on my Twitter page. Just go over to at Luke Sawhook on Twitter. Uh, hop on over there, and then you will see me doing a fantasy football radio hour live show. And we have a little bit of Brees Hall highlights on the screen right there, so you guys all can enjoy that. Just how good Brees Hall really is, because that man is an absolute monster. Um, I will see you guys next time. Have a great day. Andy, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, chat, enjoy the rest of the show. I'll see you guys at 7 o'clock. Goodbye, All right, everybody. brother. There you go. It's Luke Sahuk. You can catch him at the top of the hour. Thank you so much. We'll be chatting with Luke throughout the season. One of the many, many, many great contacts that we met at the Fantasy Football Expo. And uh, I've been chatting with a whole bunch of guys over um, the last few days since we got back. Some uh, collaboration, some content. It's going to be going to be spectacular. We're going to get to the AFC East. I want to talk a little bit about the MVP candidates on the offensive and defensive side of the ball in our ultimate fantasy American football league. Now, those in the chat who are in the league know all about it. And for those who aren't, this is 32 team league. Everybody's a one of one. There's only one Tom Brady. There's only one Pat Mahomes, all that good stuff. 53 man roster and all that. So last year, and I got the chart up here. We had Josh Allen as number one offensive producer. Well, you know, not, not a not a surprise there how good he's had and folks and, and I'll, I'll mix this into the buffalo bill so josh allen with the gridiron seals of course and um as far as uh, uh their quarterback and um what he's been able to do with his legs with the power arm first year without brian dable does that make a difference it gives me a moment to pause to think all right you don't want to lose your oc but josh allen has come such a long way he's a pro I think he's got it sorted out. I think he's he's going to be okay. So Josh Allen, last year it was Josh Allen of the Gridiron Seals, Tom Brady of uh, Rage, and Justin Herbert of uh, Circus Sports. Shout Pat Mahomes is number four with the Paradise Blackhawks. New GMs, actually. Guys, we met at the Fantasy Football Expo. We got Fernando Geronimo and Karina Torres taking over as the uh, GM team for the Paradise Blackhawks. So welcome to them. Very excited to have them on board. Uh, and I keep trying to think, talk myself out. How is Josh Allen not going to be the top fantasy player this year? How is he going to be not the top fantasy quarterback in the UFAFL top offensive player and the top QB in all, all forms of fantasy? I keep trying to talk myself out. How, how, how? And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Barring injury, I really don't see too many scenarios where Josh Allen does not finish top. Now, that could also be the surrounding pieces, of course. Stephon Diggs, you know, does Gabe Davis rise to the occasion? Are you using Dawson Knox? The only real contender to me is Justin Herbert, who has so many of the traits. And he was balling out last year, of course, for the Circuit Sports Trout in UFAFL. He's he's like a Josh Allen, right? He's got the arm. He's got that mobility. He's got better weapons, more established weapons, I should say, right? Now, Keenan Allen, a little older. Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Canada's own. Josh Palmer is a shooting star rocket up draft boards. I think he's starting to be a little overdraft. I'd love to have some shares of him, but I don't necessarily want to reach for the third guy, right? And then with the Chargers, of course, you got Austin Eckler, who we met in Vegas at the uh, ultimate college fantasy football league franchise auction. Austin was a tremendous man. Uh, I was able to set up with his marketing guy, just a cool down to earth dude. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, what do we got? 24K Sports. Alan rushing and rushing TDs make him a top. That's it. That's it, right? 24K. Yeah, that's that's what really does it. But Justin Herbert, I think, 
could be the the contender to to try to match him. You know, is Patrick Mahomes out Tyreek Hill? I don't think so. Still think he's going to be a top five, but I don't think he's the number one. Tom Brady, who was our number two in UFAFL last year. We know how, how ages he is. The guy threw for over 5,000 yards. Now, at some point, we know. We know that's going to end. We know what the, I think, right? Like, I think it's got to stop. But am I going to bet against Tom Brady? Well, no, no. But the problem is, of course, with quarterbacks like him, Matthew Stafford, if they're not throwing 300 plus yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, you're not having a great fantasy team where you have a little room for error when it comes to Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, uh, who can move around a little bit more, right? So offensive side, I got to go, I got to pick um, Josh Allen of the Seals to repeat. I, outside of Herbert with the Circus Sports Show, I don't think there's too much um, that you can say about it. Now, on the defensive side, the top defensive produ- uh, producer in the UFAFL last year was TJ Watt of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pains me to say, damn, TJ Watt's good. Question is, with those Watt brothers, can you stay healthy? We seem to get banged up. The guy is a game record game changer on the field. Top last year, TJ Watt of the resistance. We had uh, Micah Parsons. We had Nick Bosa. Who, again, the Bosa brothers, right? You get sort of those Bosa and Watts. They can be absolutely incredible, but uh, can they stay on the field? Bosa, the Circus Sports Start. You had Robert Quinn with the Tiger Sharks and Aaron Donald of Doom were the top five. I really like Miles Garrett, who was number seven in our league last year, to jump up. The defense is going to be relied on, especially early in the year until Deshaun Watson comes back. Heavy. You have Jadavian Clowney as the helper. If that interior line of the Browns, Perrion Winfrey, can can step in and and complement those edges, uh, you have JOK as the linebacker there and a nice, really good, solid Pro Bowl-level cornerback group. Miles Garrett, I think, could jump up, maybe not to number one, but into the top three, four, five type of thing. And he is, uh, Miles Garrett is on the Silverbacks in the UFAFL. So that's on the defensive side. Does TJ Watt repeat? The health is a bit of a concern to me. So I can see Aaron Donald jumping up. I can see Miles Garrett jumping up. But if healthy, you can't say too much more about, about TJ Watt. And they're probably going to be getting on the field more because you have uh, Mitch Trubisky and eventually Kenny Pickett. Does that tire them out? TJ Watt is a nonstop motor. So the, even if you're on the field more, doesn't concern me too much with that. So let me know who you guys think is going to be the UFAFL offensive and defensive fantasy MVP. You can pop it in there. Browns propaganda. You're damn right. Ultimate fantasy for is that Jamie? You're right. But Miles Garrett is a beast. And he's, he's never still, despite all the time, he's never really took that, that super step to, to go into Watts level, right? To be that game record consistently. Does he do it this year? Seems motivated. Maybe. I sure as hell hope so. Uh, let's go to the AFC East here. We got about uh, yeah, I got about five minutes or so, so we'll do a little zip here. Um, if we're looking, if we go teams, we're looking quarterbacks. Duh, it's Josh Allen, no doubt. Zach Wilson, you want him on your fantasy team, folks? Top twelve? No, we don't want him. Uh, New England, Mac Wilson. Um, you know, nice, real life quarterback. I liked what he was able to. I like what he was able to do. Um, stepping in, Mac Jones, Mac Wilson. Yeah, think of Browns, former Browns uh, uh, linebacker now with the Patriots, actually. Um, Mac Jones, I feel, it's like the guys I talked about earlier. He is developing into a piece that can make the, the players around him fantasy relevant, but not a top 12 guy himself. So if we look at the Patriots here, Devontae Parker is your top wide receiver. That's a problem. 
That's a problem. Devontae Parker, at this point in his career, I'd have as a high-end three, at the very least a two. You don't want to count on him as the number uh, one guy. He's going to be fine. I- I'm really looking at these Patriot wide receivers. Uh, Devontae Parker is a flex. You could talk me into that. Mainly PPR. Jacoby Myers has been sporadic up and down. Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne's going to be a guy you look one week, you're going to be chasing Kendrick Bourne. He's going to go off one week, do nothing for you for four. Tight ends. Hunter Henry, John New Smith. The question last year, you have two high-end guys. Are they going to cannibalize each other? The answer was yes. And, they, and Henry was banged up and he continues to be banged up. The running back spot, again, Ramondre Stevenson is a darling amongst fantasy analysts last year coming in. I believe he's the better back than Damian Harris, but Harris is still the starter. And again, how often do you see whether it's New England, sometimes San Francisco, they just don't produce consistently for fantasy. Not the fault of the back, it's the fault of the scheme. How is that offensive scheme going to evolve and develop where Josh McDaniel's gone remains to be seen. Uh, do I want Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson as somebody on my bench as a depth guy that, hey, if they pop, I'm, I'm glad I got him? Yes, because I do think there's some chances for Ramondre Stevenson, especially. Uh, do I want to count him as one of my top two? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And not too much, really, with the Patriots. Like I said, Devontae Parker, flex. Uh, Harris or Stevenson as a bench who could pop into a flex or fill in if they jump up, sure. And not really anything to do with the tight ends, even with that tight end group being so thin. That team we haven't talked about, Miami Dolphins, Jamie Thomas, our producer, Jamie's Dolphins. Well, Jamie, we got to say, man, there ain't no Dan Marino, brother. Right? You got Tua. I know people want Tua to do well. I got nothing against Tua. However, I see Tua as a jag, just a guy. I think that's what we developed. They've acquired those draft picks. This is a proven year for Tua. Uh, is, is he going to get better? Um, maybe. Now, the thing what the Dolphins have done quite smartly is they've put all the pieces around him to give him no excuses. There's no excuses. You got Tyreek Hill. You got your guy, Jalen Waddle. Uh, Cedric Wilson even has... How about Cedric Wilson when he came over to Miami? He's like, yeah, the Cedric Wilson truthers, then Tyreek Hill. That's like, oh, yeah, we don't want Cedric Wilson. Um, tight end, you got Mike Kosicki. Mike Kosicki, he's going to be a top 12 guy. They, I've been in the top 10. Uh, running back, again, just a schmoz. Chase Edmonds as a number two back, yes. He's number one on the depth chart. Raheem Mostert had that one wicked year in San Francisco. He's been a journeyman. He's 30. Sony Michelle, he's, Sony Michelle has had chance after chance, and he hasn't been able to do it. He's not doing anything. And Miles Gaskin, I call him Gas like Gaskin, folks. He just he just tricks you all the time. He's fourth on the depth chart. No Miami running backs. None. Don't want him. Okay? Again, bench guy, Chase Edmonds, fine. Fine. Talk me into it. Sure. Now, the real question becomes Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Okay? Now, Tyreek Hill comes in, uh, trying to be a nice guy, I guess, most accurate pat- passer he's ever been with. Please. Please. Come on. No. So what is Tyreek Hill to Jalen Wall? This certainly cuts Jalen Wall off at the knees. I loved in PPR last year. I downgrade Tyreek Hill because I think there is going to be that bit of a split. And he could have an attitude problem. He's going to be demanding the football. Can Tua get it to him? Can Tua handle the pressure to having to get it to a superstar like Tyreek Hill? I personally have Tyreek Hill in a WR2 category. I don't have him as a top 12. I don't. And Jalen Waddle, lower than that, I think you got to probably dump him down a little bit to uh, WR3, maybe even a flex. And Gasicki can be a top 10 based on the thinness of the group, and he can be that little bit of a safety net. 
We talk about the Bills. We'll do one more real quick. Get the Bills out of the way. Just Josh Allen, as we know. Absolute stud. Talk about the running backs. And folks, you know, we're looking James Cook. I know Preece is like, oh, look at James Cook. Let's settle down. Big body guy. Here's, here's the problem. Now, the last, I believe, six weeks of the season, you had Devin Singletary. He was popping some RB3 numbers. Okay. But now James Cook, big body at the goal line. Well, that just screams Josh Allen can call his own number or go to Cook. And, oh, yeah, you still got Zach Moss floating around. Touchdowns are going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. Devin Singletary, James Cook, you know, uh, dynasty-wise, you take James Cook, okay. You know, I could, I could live with that to hold on to him a bit. But Devin, I don't think you're going to be getting that production in a run, or in a pass-first offense where the quarterback can also go and make plays. I just don't want to be relying on any of those Buffalo running backs. Now, I definitely want to be relying on Stephon Diggs. Yes, please. Gabriel Davis behind him. Isaiah McKenzie. Davis is up on McKenzie, but uh, you know what? Part of me says, if I can't get Davis, I kind of want to take a late flyer on McKenzie because he was popping later too in the season at times. Bit more of a flyer, bit more of, you know, home runner or bust. And what about Jamison Crowder? Again, not someone I want to count on, but Jamison Crowder, slot, steady guy. Can he turn into maybe a Cole beasley light type of, of comfort for Josh Allen? That's something to think about. And then Dawson Knox, I love how they've worked in the tight end to that offense over the last year. I think he's going to continue to progress. Does he reach even 700 yards? Maybe not. He's going to be needing to get in that 7 to 10 touchdown range. Uh, does that happen? There's a world that it could because, again, you're not overloaded with weapons or options like you are on some other teams. There's a pretty clear pecking order. It's Stephon Diggs. It's going to be Davis. McKenzie kind of mixed in. And then there's going to be Dawson Knox and the running backs are just going to be kind of fleeting around there. So there you go, folks. AFC East, NFC East covered starting next Sunday, 11 a.m. It's going to be go time, baby. Okay, and then every Sunday through the NFL season, we are going to be here. Me, we're going to have some guests. We're going to have a lot of fun. Your start sits, get you ready for UFAFL that week, right? Get your lineups ready there. Start sits as well as your regular fantasy and have a whole bunch of fun with it. Everybody, thank you so much for jumping on. Make sure you click follow. Turn those notifications on so you know when the show is coming. Follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Use the hashtag AskAndy. Get your fantasy football questions in. Thanks to Luke Salk and everybody who jumped into the chat. We will see you next week.